Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Coming up on the Holderness Family Podcast, today we're going to talk about anxiety. We bring in a super fancy doctor. Here's my professional self. Dr. Emily King is a licensed psychologist who specializes in working with children of all ages who have autism, ADHD, depression, and anxiety, to name a few, who also can sing. And every move you make, and every bond you break. Also, Kim randomly says, birth order is fascinating. <laughs> what? It is fascinating. Birth order is fascinating. She deals with anxiety by Dr. Pimple Popper and ingrown hair removal. Thanks. That was fun. That was awesome. Why was I doing the high part? Let's start the podcast. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn. How are you doing today, honey? I'm doing great. I just feel like when we start our podcast, we should ask each other how we're doing more often. Should we? Yeah. Why Do not? People your, that? How are you feeling right now? How are you you know, doing? I have to say yesterday was high anxiety day yeah. for, for the Kimster. I, um, it's the end of the school year. Yeah. All the things. We are actually leaving um, tomorrow to go out of town. We're taking the kids to camp and ca- packing for camp. Just a quick correction. It's two days from now. I know it feels like tomorrow. It's two days from yes. now. Yes. High anxiety. Yes. Exactly. Hi. How are you doing, anxiety? Yeah. Um, and so the packing for camp is different than regular packing. Yes. And then it's our, our son's first time at sleepaway camp. There's a lot of anxiousness. I had to drive the kids somewhere. I was driving. And then about 15 minutes later, Lola goes, where are you going? You were going in the wrong direction. I was going in the, I, to a place I've been a thousand times for them to play tennis. I drove in the wrong direction for 15 minutes. And I didn't even, I had like blacked out, which is scary because I was driving. Um, but that is what, like, I was feeling like a sense of panic and it was like fight, flight, freeze. I just froze. And yeah. so it's that this is very fitting that today we are talking about anxiety. And we actually we're we bring in an expert. We bring in we're bring in, we're brought in an expert. 
<laughs> who works with children on this, but there are tons of little signposts for us because we've both had actual panic attacks before yeah. that we're learning not only about, uh, you know, how that sometimes presents itself in kids, mm-hmm. but also like the best way to diagnose it and the best way to deal with it and to talk about it. And it was really, I, I thought, very useful. And we had a little bit of fun, too. We had a little bit of fun. There's definitely singing at the end, so super stay tuned for that. But I thought for for parents who who may have children that have, that maybe struggle just, just a minute, just to kind of get through daily life at times, this one, it was, it was very impactful. Yeah. Um, before we get to her, mm-hmm. favor to those of you listening, We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We have gotten so much positive feedback from you, both on our Facebook groups and also just generally on the iTunes uh, review uh, segment, area, section, whatever it is. If you guys could- You are killing it today, Could you just- Shut up. Could you just push the subscribe button for us? That would be great. Yes. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yes. it That helps us keep doing this because it helps people find us. It helps our view count go up and it helps they us keep doing this. They actually don't view it. This. They listen to you, it. Listen. Oh, my. <laughs> love you. I love you so um, much. So do that, please, for us. Yes. And uh, let's introduce the doc. So, Kim, I wrote the introduction this week. I know, and I'm the, so excited you that you did. I write it. Yes. And, uh, let's I, hear it. Well, let's now it. I feel like you're going to judge me, but let's just I'm give it a try. I'm always judging. Okay, always Dr. Judging. Emily King <laughs> is a licensed psychologist. She specializes in... Specializes See, in, reading is hard. Lord. You were a news anchor. Uh, try it again. Three, why do you think two, I'm not doing one. it more? Dr. Emily King is a licensed psychologist who specializes in working with children of all ages who have autism, ADHD, depression, and anxiety, to name a few. Uh, she grew up wanting to be a teacher, but in training to do so, she realized that she really wanted to focus her efforts not so much on traditional teaching, but rather working with children who are having social, emotional, and behavioral trouble. Uh, She got her PhD in school psychology 13 years ago in North Carolina. She did her pre-doctoral internship in Texas. So she's really smart and she probably knows lots of fancy words. I'm so excited. Yep. But today she is going to try and help explain a lot of this to us using the smaller words that you and I can perhaps understand. Uh, She also writes the Parenting on Your Own Path blog and her articles have been featured on Motherly and The Mighty. Also, right before we walked in, she gave me a disclaimer that I need to read out loud. And I'm glad she gave us this because we've clearly needed to do this with every other person who's come in here. Okay, just just, just so, any, what we're about to say, just apply that to every other podcast we've done. Ready? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Information provided by Dr. King is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or to provide psychological services directly to clients. Listeners are encouraged to seek the advice of qualified mental health professional with any questions or concerns. Member FDIC. Wow. <laughs> Um, Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How was my intro? It was fabulous. I should call you doctor. I'm sorry, Dr. Emily. Whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. Mm -hmm. I let little kids pick. Oh, okay. They can pick Dr. Emily. (laughs) (laughs) You too. Well, speaking of big kids, how is it different working from, like, I I have so many questions on my own about myself, but you prefer working with the little people, don't you? Yes. Yes. So I will start therapy in high school age and continue seeing adolescents when they turn 18, but yeah. I don't usually take adolescents after they're 18 just because they're moving on with a different phase of life that's kind of outside of my wheelhouse. Okay. Okay. But if they started with me, it makes sense for them to stay because I know them so well and they feel comfortable. And I think before we started recording, you said something like, yeah, the big people are just, they got too much going on. Speaking of therapy, my yeah. daughter is calling. Wait, she is? 
If this is about if this is about some sort of after school party, I'm gonna throw a little bit of a fit that she's calling in the middle of this. So we're gonna ask Kim what this was about. Okay. If it's something that really has happened that's, that we're concerned about, then maybe we could bring in Emily to talk about it. Ooh. Anyway, while Kim is on the phone, um, I am so sorry. What what was that? Was that is, is there an emergency? Okay, let's just get right into it. My daughter. <laughs> so she and she and she would be okay with me telling this. We have taken her to to some pa- therapy because she has suffered with anxiety. Le- we're just gonna go jump in right now. Ready? So Ready. school shootings. Okay. Make her anytime. Even mm-hmm. though we try to turn off the TV, she gets very very worked up. Where did she very, get that from? I don't know. I don't know where she Kim, gets that from. Kim feels all the feels. I feel when all those the things feels. Happen. Yeah. She after the last one. She's and like there was there was I think there was an NPR we were listening to NPR on the way to school I couldn't t- turn it down fast enough they were talking about the text messages going between the students mm-hmm. and the parents and she didn't have a phone and mm-hmm. she's like what would happen if because we held on the phone she didn't want the phone what would happen if an emergency happened in my school how mm-hmm. would I get in touch with you and so she and I was like would that make you feel safer would it make you feel better if you had a cell phone where you could message me and. It, and she said, yes, it would make me feel safer. So when she calls at 930 in the morning, right. my I just went like a little mama bear there. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that got triggered. Yeah, I got a little triggery. It turns out she just didn't have lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> so we're good. But but uh, Lola, our daughter, <laughs> oh does. God. I mean, uh, she feels all the feels, too. And so we've had to talk with, you know, a a professional and it's super helped about like when that anxiety starts like how to deal with it so what advice do you give the right. teens and tweens about this about the school shooting yeah just yeah we're just getting right mentality into it sorry anyway yeah. so what we've lost in america and is the sense of safety right when we go to school whether that's perceived or real um it doesn't really matter that it's not real every day in every school, it's right. perceived. And right. that feels anxious. Right. Um, so what your daughter is wanting is to stay connected, to feel safe to a safe person she trusts in, in that moment, or really just to have the option right. of calling you whatever might happen. Right. So having that connection or potential connection through that phone is going to help her feel safer because the opposite of anxiety isn't calm. Really, the opposite of anxiety is trust, Mm. which is something um, Dr. Barry Prezant says in his book, Uniquely Human. He talks a lot about the anxiety kids feel who are on the autism spectrum, and they just don't trust anything. And so when our kids who are even neurotypical are in these really intense, perceived anxious moments out in their life, whether it's this topic or something else, they need a sense of I don't know how to solve this. Like, I'm going to panic if this ever happens. I can't solve it on my own. So who can I connect with, whether it's a teacher or a parent that they can stay connected with, that I trust can solve this? Mm -hmm. And, of course, this is a huge one because even the grownups in America aren't solving this right now. No. And and, and just to back out a little bit, I have heard the word anxiety more in the last year than I feel like I have in the 43 years I've had on Earth combined. A couple of examples. I have had my first anxiety attack. That was great. Um, my my wife has been dealing with it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. My daughter is now dealing with it when she comes to taking tests. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about this in the podcast. We had a dog that we had to rehome 
because of ang- like major anxiety issues. I feel like I hear it more in the news. I feel like I hear it more on these podcasts. Is anxiety like the new buzzword for or or are we just more aware? Yeah, and so I do think we're more aware. This is not a new feeling. Right. So just backing it up a little bit biologically, we are wired for anxiety. We need anxiety to stay alive. You know. Mm-hmm. Back in the jungle, we see a tiger. You need to get anxious. We need to get anxious because that alerts our amygdala Mm -hmm. in the brain, which is where anxiety is housed. And our amygdala sends us a signal, you need to get out of there to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And that's what triggers fight, flight, or freeze. Now, tiger, we're going to run. Maybe something else we might fight or something else we might freeze to try to, like, not be noticed. But fast forward to 2019... And there are lots of things that activate our amygdala that actually don't put us in danger. So helping our kids understand you're going to have this feeling. And what it is is your amygdala freaking out. And Mm -hmm. then your thinking brain has to come in. And this is what I do a lot in therapy with kids and help you rationalize, okay, amygdala, you're wrong. (laughs) This is actually what the plan is and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to solve this problem because – our, our amygdala is our, it's an immediate feeling we have. And we, we can't turn it off. We don't want to turn it off. But in some kids and people, we get too much of it. Right. So that's what therapy is for. And that's also what medication is for, if that's needed, is to tone that down a little bit so you can function in a way that is still feeling a little bit of anxiety because the point is not to make it go away altogether. Yeah. Um, I do think we're talking about it a lot more. Um, and then the other piece is I do think that our expectations for kids in the oh last gosh. 20 years since I was I went to high school in the 90s since then the expectations are so much higher and when expectations are higher than your skills you get stressed whether that's I can't do it fast enough or I don't have that skill to do it well enough of this person expecting it or it's just out of my control like you're asking me to do something that's just out of my control so I'm going to shut down which is freeze does anxiety start presenting itself more when we're getting into the, the, the college applications? Is that really the, the um, is that your hot spot or is it start even earlier? Oh, earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly there are, um, I work with very young children with developmental issues um, that are stressed to just be in the world. You know, sensory issues, um, they are put in a classroom where there's just too much language and they don't have the language development yet. Any expectation around a child that's higher than the skills they have is a recipe for anxiety. Mm. Um, you know, that could look like social anxiety or separation anxiety um, and it, or just a generalized anxiety. And then as kids get older and we throw academics into it, then it is, do they have the skills academically to do the thing that's being asked of them? Do they have the skills behaviorally, if they have ADHD, to stay in that seat all day and work as quickly as they need to without getting distracted? That also will stress kids out because the expectations are too high. Any type of formula for you're asking me to do more than I can do is a recipe for anxiety. What I, I, I was on a walk the other day and I ran into somebody who she was on a walk with her daughter who was in high school. Mm-hmm. And she's like, thank you. We had, I had talked about an anxiety situation I had. She's like, thanks for talking about that and describing it because her she the mother had never had anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. Her daughter has. And from that, they were she's like, oh, she I, you know, I think there's some language around it that she hadn't heard. Her daughter has been in therapy, but she didn't recognize that her daughter was suffering with this. Like mm-hmm. she didn't, she's like, oh, get over yourself. Like she didn't, 
She just didn't get it. So what are some of the symptoms of parents that may not know what this is? Like, what does it look like? It can look like a lot of different things. I call this like, what's your flavor of anxiety? Okay. (laughs) So everybody's a little different. Um, Some people may get kind of obsessive and compulsive and really start to clean everything up when they're anxious and try to control their situation. That's not our daughter. Me, 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 me. I clean. I clean. That's Kim. That's not our daughter. Yeah. Um, Let's go with that. Some kids have somatic complaints, stomach aches, headaches. Yeah. They may actually get sick or they may actually never get sick. And that's when they actually do get sick. It's really confusing because right. you're like, is this a stomach bug? Is it not? Right. The point being, how much does it happen? Is this an everyday thing? Is it happening at the same time every day mm. um, right before they go to school? Then we have to think, oh, there's a pattern. What's the trigger? Is this an avoidance? Is this a fight or flight kicking in that um, kids' bodies sometimes react faster than their ability to communicate verbally because they don't have the all the verbal all emotional, the words all the words yet um you know some kids will shut down you know the kid that's avoiding everything or is like i don't want to play soccer anymore and it's just all of a sudden out and mm-hmm. it's a big change and you're kind of thinking okay what happened because they used to love this um, sometimes that's more in line with depression but certainly it's all very related and something could have happened that triggered an anxiety moment and they, they didn't feel good. So they mm-hmm. want to avoid it. And do anxiety and depression go hand in hand typically? Typically. So it, young kids, it's it's somewhat rare to have depression to, for young kids to be really sad. I mean, life is joyful. It's more of a, a red flag when very young kids are sad. But depression often will develop out of more untreated things. So, mm-hmm. for instance, like I was saying before, when those expectations are really high and the skill is low, if the child isn't supported with that skill, they're going to give up. They're going to feel like, I can't do this. It's too much. And that may lead down a road to depression. Um, sometimes, though, Depression runs in families, and kids are genetically wired right. to have more of a depressive temperament. So that my my question is, you know, Lola does get stomach aches before math. There's a math test. There's a mm-hmm. stomach ache. There's a I feel sick, but she can't. She's twelve. She can't avoid right. the math test. So right. like, I mean, we we've kind of coached her through the breathing. Mm-hmm. We tried to meditate. That was actually actually really funny. But I was fine because <laughs> it was funny, and there was laughing, so it was fine. But I was like, we're working on mindfulness mm-hmm. and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I mean, so mindfulness is great for kids, the tween kids, yeah. because they can, they do have that upper cognition to kind of bring themselves back down to feeling their body. Because when we have panic or high anxiety, we are only focused on that and we mm-hmm. lose the attention we need to give to our body and which when we're paying attention to our body we remember we're safe we're mm-hmm. grounded I trust that I'm not being attacked by a tiger it's okay mm-hmm. um, but that alert we get our amygdala doesn't know the difference between right. being attacked by a tiger and a math test so we have to stay mindful to help and then the next step would be what I always teach kids is the difference between a trick worry and a real worry There are a lot of real worries in the world, and we need a plan, but a trick worry meaning um, an irrational fear, you know, is that really going to happen? And then helping kids let go of that and still be brave and move forward and go to school and do the math test because when we avoid, we're going to reinforce the anxiety and the anxiety wins. Do you find that most of the time, like talking about the things they're afraid of helps them go away? Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit like exposure therapy, which mm-hmm. in um, cognitive behavioral therapy is when we you know, help teach kids to put their thoughts and their feelings together to um, be more in control of their reactions. 
So exposure therapy would be more in line with phobias, like I'm terrified of spiders um, or I'm terrified of bees. So we might talk about bees and then we might watch, look at pictures of bees. Mm-hmm. And notice how we're feeling. Then we might look at videos of bees. And then we might visit a garden with a bunch of bees. You know, so yeah. slowly habituating kids to a fear um, will help them. And then practicing staying mindful in that moment will help them feel that feeling, feel it be uncomfortable, know they're not going to die, and they can stay. And But it takes practice. Practice. It takes yeah. practice. And when we just avoid it and let them you know, not take the math test or not go to school, that just reinforces the fear. Um, And that is something that comes up a lot with school refusal with kids that I work with. Right. It's a hard, school refusal is a hard one, but we have to keep going and we have to make a plan and we have to adapt to get, keep kids in school so they know I'm safe here. I even saw something online last. One of the airlines is doing for for children on the spectrum. Like mm-hmm. they'll do a practice yep. flight. Like it's an awesome service. Yeah, like you get a you get a boarding pass. You get mm-hmm. to go through security. You get to do all that stuff. And I could see Lola not on the spectrum, but needs to know exactly yep. what we're doing. Like she and so sometimes I like make a list so she can see it. Like tonight. We're packing tomorrow morning. We leave for the airport at 6 a.m. And then we get like she needs to, and that helps her. So I thought that was a really cool service. Yeah, I forget and, which airline that is. Yeah. Um, I know that um, all the airlines, I believe, have TSA cares, which is they'll assign you a person to walk through security with you. But then yeah. there are also some airlines and airports that will do like a mock. Right. Go through security, get on the plane on a certain have weekend a snack. day. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm realizing, I think I'm, I think I'm causing, some, <laughs> just hearing this, I think I'm causing some anxiety in the airport because I'm not a calm, collected person in the airport. I am like, come on, hey, Ted, get your, get, why are you leaving your suitcase? Yeah, I'm not helping. Say your name when they ask you the name. <laughs> Yeah. And Say I, your name. Look at him in the face. Well, like, it, I am the worst. I, actually, we actually got a really good uh, message yesterday from a very, very kind person. Because I always Saying tell, that I was great in the airport? Because I'm not. No, he's not. Okay. Um, no, but I always tell my children, like show respect, look at them in the eyes, say, you know, say your name, like this sort of thing and shake, shake. It's hard to, it's like stranger danger, but then shake this person's hand, look in their right. eyes. It's a very confusing thing. But um, they, I got this very, her, her son, I think, is on the spectrum, and making eye contact is not a thing that's going to happen. Actually, making eye, intact, eye contact is going to cause right. huge anxiety. So I've been, right. I've been saying on here, do my kids need to make eye contact? Need to make eye contact for, but for a segment of the population, that's like not, that's like impossible. And also, that's not the goal, and it's right. not the goal. So apologies. <laughs> well, and I think what you're explaining um, to help your daughter is you're coming up with a plan for her, mm-hmm. right? And in that airport moment. You know anxiety is higher. Mm-hmm. So I will coach parents, maybe that's not the time to work on the social skills yeah. with strangers because yeah. anxiety is already up here. And parents of children on the spectrum know this. Yes. They're like, that's not our scene. We're yeah. not going to try to do therapy and coach our kids socially. We are going to do everything we can to stay Just regulated in this moment and get through without panic coming right. up. Um, so, yes, that's a great example. Yeah. Meanwhile, I don't know what to do in the airport anymore. I I was walking through the airport about a year ago. I was late. I, I was actually running or, or fast walking. Got on the plane. And, and as, as people He was are, like speed walking. Yeah, yeah. As people are want to do, I went on Twitter to see what was going on. And I had like a notification with my name on it. So what is, when you do that, you pull it up, right? And it says on the notification, it just says, just walk by that Christmas jammies guy at the airport. Doesn't seem like a very nice person. <laughs> 
<laughs> so now he walks to the airport with like just jazz hands. Jazz hands, smiling and <laughs> just being as sweet as I possibly that can. That Christmas jammies guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I bet uh, like if, if someone looked at me from above, I don't know why, but airports give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I feel like I need to get somewhere. I need to like put on my yeah. noise reduction headphones and not talk to anybody. Yeah, sounds like you're having some anxiety thanks, about it. Thanks, thanks. Yep, I, I'm just really excited. But you don't work with adults. So anyway. <laughs> okay. no. That is well, actually, right. You know, it, it's, it's funny because I like as an adult right now, I'm having this kind of mental tug of war. And I know that you do work with adults because if you're working with kids, right, that's I work part of the relationship. Adult, exactly. So I work yeah, with adults sure. um, and they're, they're collaterals. Yeah. So I work with parents. Collater- I work with teachers. Right. But I am not their therapist. I got you. I got you. But I'm sure there's some of that. You know, Absolutely. Wink, wink. There's some of that going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Um, so Anywho, um, I, I have these two voices on my shoulder, and right. one of them is the is I'm turning into my father. It's mm. this kind of old curmudgeon who's saying, you know, when I was growing up, you know, ADHD that was a space cadet, and depression was you're just being pouty, go to your room, mm-hmm. and anxiety was you're a spaz, like you're kind of you know flying mm-hmm. off the handle, and it was just kids being kids. We have evolved to the point that we have. Not only really good words, but we have tons of experts. We talk about it openly. It's become part of who we are. And so the one side of my shoulder is like, are we overdoing this? And the other side uh, of my shoulder is, no, we're not. Um, this is this is important. It, it, I guess what I'm worried about is there's this sort of panic, imaginary panic button that, that all parents have. And when they see some type of behavior, like I think sometimes they push the panic button too early mm-hmm. and they try to, to go all the way across to like a full-blown diagnosis of something. Right. How, like, how, when do we push the panic button? Right, so here's the line in the sand with um, diagnosis is when is it impacting functioning on a daily basis? So mm-hmm. for adults, that's getting to work, you know, being able to have your social relationships, um, you know, sleeping well, eating well, relationships with family. For kids... Is there so much anxiety that they're avoiding school? Is there so much anxiety that they can't play with other kids and they're not developing? Is it impacting their development day to day? Is it interfering with sleep or toileting or eating? There are certain types of anxieties that mess with all of those things. Mm -hmm. And it's very stressful in a family. And at that point, it's time to see someone and to um, have an evaluation to figure out what are the triggers that are happening. And maybe it reaches a diagnostic level, or maybe it doesn't, but sometimes it's just if the stress of the family is enough to need some support, reach out and get support. Um, And I think we have great names for it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are always going to be changing. It's not so much about the labels and the names. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times those are just for insurance companies to put a number on it. Yeah. But um, overall, to me as a clinician, it's about the stress of the family the skills of the parent, the skills of the child, and the daily functioning. Are they developing? Are they moving forward? Are they happy? Kids yeah. should be happy and joyful and playing. That is their job. So if something like an anxiety is getting in the way of that, we need help for them. And I think that when we had infants and toddlers, I'm like, oh, this is the hardest stage. This mm-hmm. is so hard. Like I, I get no time alone and I have to wipe all these butts and this is so hard. Now that I'm entering like tween Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain. If you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. Team, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, snap. I was so wrong. Like, th- I, I think, like, this is this has been the most perplexing to me because I cannot tell what is... Gen- what's happy and what's not happy. What's, what's mm-hmm. just hormones. Mm-hmm. What's maybe some funk. Maybe she inherited... I know <coughs> we, we... Boys. Have- <coughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, no. sorry. Um, she yeah. definitely. We've we've gone to talk to somebody about some just anxiety issues, but is there a depression piece in there, or is that just like lack of motivation hormones? Right. Like so, I don't. So me trying to like unravel and mm-hmm. kind of make sense of it. But the daily part, I think, really helps. Like what she just said there. Like yeah. it, it has if it happens. Like because, how much is it happening? Yeah. How significant is it impacting? And is there? what you're seeing is a long-term impact of like, wow, they're really pulling back or um, they're not sleeping well. And so, you know, but tweezing that out, I'm sorry, teasing that out yeah. <laughs> is a part of a psychologist's job. So if yeah. someone or a therapist's job to meet your child and to get a sense of what is there, what is this little tween attitude about? Is this um, communicating something? Because right. behavior is communication. So, you know, tween's behavior is different than a young child's behavior, totally. but all behavior is communication. So are they trying to communicate something that they're not just straight up telling you? A therapist can help you figure that out. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, and I do know that like she needs more quiet time and she needs more time in her room. And by the way, she is the sweetest human being. She's so empathetic. She has such good friends. She's killing it socially. She's awesome. But it's so different than six-year-old. Right. Like, it is, you know, who was by my side at every moment. Now it's like, oh, wait, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just trying to mm-hmm. tweeze that out. Twe- I like tweeze. Let's tweeze. I, I, I like do not tweeze. like tweezing. Because I follow an Instagram <laughs> account where they tweeze ingrown oh, hairs. God. That's like how I get. She I does. Get. She deals with anxiety by Dr. Pimple Popper and, and then, ingrown hair removal. 
and and earwax removal too mm. is another good one. It's just so. I'm going to change the subject. Interesting. Um, yeah, I know. She's like, so, I may see adults after yeah, that. Kim, you I have know. an appointment later. Yeah, she doesn't work with big people. Uh, so what? What are the? Th- I think I know the answer to this, but okay. back to kind of the, the overdiagnosing or underdiagnosing your kids. Like, what's the one thing that parents are overdiagnosing these days and bringing kids in? And you've said, no, you got that wrong. And then, what is the thing that parents are sweeping under the rug too much that we mm. should be concerned about more? So I'll start with the first one, and so I think that um, it's. I I actually don't see a problem with. Kids with being coming, worried about your kids. With being worried yeah, about your kids. Of course. Right. If you're worried about your kid, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And yeah. you're getting more answers to questions. Um, now, sometimes I do think, in, really, it's more with um, young children and um, active children. And I might get on my soapbox a little bit about how we don't play as much in kindergarten anymore. But we are requesting these kids who are five to, to sit. sit still. <laughs> and it's not developmentally appropriate. Right. So I do get a good number of kindergarten readiness questions of um, kids that are maybe going to have ADHD, but yeah, it's really mild. And the reason we're really seeing it is because the expectations are too high in mm-hmm. that classroom and they just really developmentally need another year of play and it's going to be fine. Um, so sometimes that's a, qu- a big question I see of mm-hmm. um it, it's going to be fine, but let's just monitor it because maybe there's a family history of ADHD. You know, it's uh, parents now, the age of parents now I'm seeing, they do have had a diagnosis. It may have been in high school or college, um, but that is something that was, you know, totally missed in generations past and or what didn't have a name. A name, yeah. Right. You can ask grandma and Space she's cadet. like, oh, God, he could never sit down in the restaurant. And then you're like, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, and so that's the kind of description we get from family members. So that one maybe I'd say, mm-hmm. um, which is just a trifecta of problems of like the school being a little too structured in the curriculum and we're sending them to school um, a little bit too early. Sometimes every child is different. You know, I'm sending my own child to kindergarten at age six and I am so happy about it because he is so much more ready than he was a year ago um he'll be a young six but it was the best decision we worried about it a few years ago but now I'm like whoo so glad we did that because he is so much more ready than he was and also being the older one is kind of cool and to be right. and to be the more prepared one in the class mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And that goes with his personality a little bit more. Yeah. So we saw that one coming. Yeah. Um, so things. Second question. Swept under the rug. Things the, that the are one swept that under the rug. Don't see enough of. I would say this one leans more to the tweens and teenagers' age, mm-hmm. and I think it's more of not everyone, but um, some parents. I think sometimes um, kind of feel like their job might be a little bit done and it's not done mm. like you were saying yeah it's not like it was when we were changing diapers right it's more mental now oh my gosh it's not so physical it's mental and there's so much talking and explaining um and i would love to see more tweens and teenagers um get support and get therapy and i think some of that um could improve if we just continue normalizing like we're doing mm-hmm. but even parents normalizing their own therapy So, like, going to therapy should be like, I got to go get a flu shot. I mean, I got to go get this ear checked out because I think I have an ear infection. Just, you know, gosh, I've been having some big feelings lately. We are in a stressful phase of our season of our life. 
um, put it on the family calendar. You know, in my family, yeah. it's very normalized. Like, and we and I do talk about it. I've talked about therapy. We've talked about therapy. We we've had as a married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am open about you know in the beginning. I think we called them the worries because I didn't want to. I didn't want to put a name on anxiety or whatever that maybe she'll just adopt anytime. So I, I I don't know if I did that right, but I want them both to know that if this is something down the road that they're dealing with, like, oh, you came at it, you know, honestly, Mm -hmm. because, you know, mom had it. Or if you get ADHD, it's because your dad, like, really, they're just screwed. Both of our kids. (laughs) There, you mentioned the prehistoric times. Yeah. Uh, We would have been dead very, very soon. (laughs) Well, only because we're blind. We have the anxiety part that gets us alive, but we would, we wouldn't see the dinosaurs. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. They would eat us immediately. (laughs) Immediately. I'd be like, oh, look, a friend. Yeah. We really shouldn't be on this planet (laughs) right now. We would have, evolution would have taken care of us. Were it not for modern medicine. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have, um, I have a, I, I, I bring up my brother a lot yeah. and I'm going to bring him up today as an example of how your 10 year old self can be so different from your 40 year old self. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is something that you notice when you work with these kids. Um, my brother is the nicest man on the planet. The nicest. There is this joke that if there were a four way stop and there were four of my brother's uh, they, they would just never move. They <laughs> They'd would be like, all just no, be you go. no, you go. No, you go. They'd get no, out of go. the car and ask how the other one's doing. They and would care. just never move. And really care. And people behind them would be honking. But he, and and yeah. then he'd feel bad about that. Anyway, um, but when he was, <laughs> this story I told Lola, she was dying laughing about when he was 10, he was at uh, this like church uh, potluck dinner and he walked up to this elderly woman and said, How old are you? Which you're not supposed to do. And the, the woman looks at him back. She probably shouldn't have said this. And she goes, I don't know. How old do you think never, I am? Never say yeah. that. How old do you kid. think I am? And he said, oh, you look like you're about 100. <laughs> and that was like fairly indicative of Dale. Dale was kind of a curious. He had no inner governor. He, it wasn't his goal to be nice to people. It was his goal to like find out about the world. And 30 years later, he's the nicest guy I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling that story, A, because it's an awesome story. And B, because I am just curious about how much there is left to develop when you're that old Mm -hmm. and how much of a change. Because I don't feel anything like my 10, 12, 15-year-old self. And here we are. Your mom and dad would disagree. Like you were such a a crazy jazz hands extrovert and that's what you are right now. (laughs) So like are are, are our kids cooked at this point? Are they done? Are they cooked? Oh, no. Okay. Okay. No. No. We can still shape them a little bit. Yes, so your frontal lobe up here where all your executive functioning, planning, impulse control, all that good stuff doesn't finish developing until you're 25. Oh, wow. So um, that's why Do men take a little longer to develop? Like, um, I'm just wondering because we, in relationships, we seem to be childish until we're like 30. So that one's all mixed up with social skills. Okay, I gotcha. gotcha. So it's, yeah. So um, in terms of what you just described about your brother, you described kind of two different skills. So like he sounds like an empath who's like really... You know, helpful and everything. Now, that probably wasn't fully developed at 10. Mm -hmm. But at 10, he didn't have all his impulse control. So he walked up to this lady and was curious. (laughs) And that was how he was interacting at that age. So that may have been developmentally appropriate for him. So no, our kids are not cooked at 10. We have plenty more work to do. And they have lots more to learn. And um, it's all about helping them stay connected to us. So they keep coming back to us with the questions because the tween and on is is a tough one yeah. because if you don't have that relationship, they're going to find their information somewhere. They're going to find it on Google or yeah, from so a friend. You, so um, that's a tough one. Yeah. How do you do like when we don't get a lot of questions and we don't get a lot of mm-hmm. information? Mm-hmm. 
So how do you do that? The best way to talk about the, you know, big things, you know, sex, drugs, violence, all those big things, questions is to start earlier than you think you need to start. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a pediatrician friend recently who recommended talking to elementary schools about vaping. Just go ahead and start talking about it. Dude, yeah. And um, because once kids get to middle school, they see it and if they don't know what it is, they're going to get their information from what they see yeah. and not what they've already heard. And if they've already heard some quality information from a parent who they trust and stay connected to, and it's before the little attitude of the tweenness comes in, mm-hmm. then um, it's a little bit more, they're more receptive to believing it, trusting it. They're not conflicted yet of like, do I, should I believe my friend or should I believe my mom? Yeah. You know? Um, so earlier the better, you know, yeah. and to I start fourth, fifth grade, if they're ready emotionally and cognitively to understand and handle all those things, um, it's helpful to go ahead and start talking about that stuff. And, and don't I think with the tween years, the 12 year old, she thinks she should know this stuff. Mm-hmm. So she, I think she's a little afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. So I just like vomit information mm-hmm. at her all the time. That being said, the vaping thing was not prepared for that conversation. She mm-hmm. went to Lola a, got offered a J this summer. So she last summer before sixth grade, <laughs> not really. A J, no, she went to a tennis camp that was 10 to 18 year olds. And it was an overnight tennis camp. And the she was walking down the hall with her young one year younger cousin and they were they were invited into a room and they said, do you jewel mm-hmm. or some and, and they the my daughter and her cousin thought they said, do you drool like when you sleep because they never heard it. Right. And they're like, no, I don't think so. No. And then they started the vape, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter never said anything, but her her cousin did report back. And so I was able to have that conversation. So she thought she was going to get in trouble if she told me. She's like, I would have told you, but I thought I would get in trouble. So we had the vaping conversation and, like, what it was and why we're not going to do it and the whole thing. Um, and then th- that brought up, like, the drinking thing. I'm like, it's going to happen. In middle school, like, my I had friends that, like, broke into their parents' like liquor cabinets and stuff. So it opened the door for that. So. Right. Right. And you have the foundation, it sounds like, to continue talking about whatever topic comes up. And we just want to have that framework of if you hear something you don't know, you know, as parents, we know more, promise, than Google. Yeah. And if you don't know, feel free to say, I don't know, I'm going to find out, and I'm going to research it and get back to you, oh, because good. it's moving so fast. So don't, like, just, don't just bull don't BS just your way through it, because that's how right? I generally But that's what our own anxiety with. as parents makes us do. We feel like we yeah, have to have the answer. Sure. We feel like that. we have to present as the one that knows more. This stuff is moving rapidly, and there are going to be apps and vape flavors and all kinds of stuff we don't know about yet. Yeah. So we need to say, you know, I don't know, but I want to give you accurate information. So check back tomorrow. Let's talk about this again. And you go talk to your pediatrician friend or, you know, whoever you need to, your psychologist friend and figure out what it is. And and don't you think like the foundation has been laid at our house that you're not going to get if you get into a situation Mm -hmm. where maybe you're offered it maybe you tried it whatever and you come and tell us like you're not going to be this is not going to be you're not going to be disciplined you're not going to get in trouble for having a question you're not going to get in trouble for screwing this up right now right so often that first 
pass is the learning experience, right? right. And so lots of kids do stuff that is a mistake. Yeah. We all do stuff that's a mistake. And kids somewhere get the message, probably in our how structured our school systems are, yeah. that if you mess up, you're in trouble and you're in the principal's office. But to help kids know that you're going to make a mistake and it's only really a problem if you you know better because we've taught you and you know what this is doing to your body, for instance, and you keep doing it. Yeah. Then you got to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep doing it and what's going on here? And that's when you, of course, reach out for help because you have a pattern mm-hmm. that's you know interfering with their mm-hmm. development back to our original threshold yes. of when to seek help. So uh, before we wrap up, I feel like we've been taught, like we do this all the time. We talk about our first pancake all the time and we forget about our, that's what we oh, call like, Lola. We call Lola. Because you know <laughs> okay. like the first talk, pancake, yeah. you kind of, yeah. you, you're not really sure if it, like, it's hot enough right. if the grill, uh-huh. and you kind of screw it up right. a little bit. And, yeah. we, we, and then we ignore our second pancake. I think there's a million pictures of Lola as a baby and like seven of, of Prince Charles. Meanwhile, there's, he's thriving he was yes i feel no. like we pay yes. too much attention to lola all right because he is not nearly as so that's that. that's what i'm worried about like he's he's crushing it in school he's incredibly smart he's very social he makes lots of friends but he also does a lot of the same crap that i did when i was 10 and i like see it and i'm like i've never seen anybody else do that like who chews on their shirt until there's a ring like this big around and the answer was me I had like my parents so got gross. so mad that I would get excited like and it's just kind of you're kind of you're kind of wired up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and who he discovered how to snap yesterday. Oh my god! He and it's stopped, all he does anymore. He hasn't mm-hmm. stopped snapping. He plays with his wiener anytime he's not doing anything else. Check that was me. Um, <laughs> Still. <laughs> and and, and he, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The biggest thing and the thing that I really did and it took me a while to work out of and I don't really even know how I worked out of it was what our um one of our one of the school administrators called flooding and that's that i don't know if that's a term that she made up or if it's an actual term but he gets so excited and so jacked up that something goes wrong and it goes from here it goes from like plus 100 to minus 100 in the snap of a finger and um it it once manifested itself with him like just uncontrollably like wailing on a person's body mm. like ah! and 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 also has you know in other ways just kind of like just being hyper he'll, about he'll, it. Most frequently, he'll and a just lot of crying. Cry. A lot of crying. Yeah, he's um, getting. It's getting better, but he'll. It but, is. It's getting way better, but but I just I'm looking in a mirror. Yeah. It's it's mm. bonkers. It's exactly what I used to do, and Genetics I'm reliving is all that of weird? these things. And I want to tell him, here's how I grew out of it, and I don't remember. I think it just. I think I just got older and more mm-hmm. like bummed out but about I the think, world and less excited and but going into manage. fourth grade if he if he trips on the playground and starts crying he's gonna get made fun of yeah like yeah. i think it was fine in the second grade if it, if it keeps up in the fourth grade you know like we're yeah so now your anxiety as parents is coming right. in but kids are amazing they surprise us every year i mean the growth that happens from the beginning of the school year to the end is sometimes amazing here we are at the end of the school year and it's like oh my gosh do you remember back in august yeah. when they were x y and z and now it's totally fine so yeah. remember keep that in the back of your mind but what you're describing is a lot of um needing a lot of sensory seeking output fidgeting uh, finding whatever you can to fidget with you know you probably needed a fidget instead of your shirt Yes. To chew on or something to right. play with in your hand. I don't know what the shirt thing is. It's so, <laughs> so weird. And we, I, I never told him, but we both did it. We it's have, so you know, a lot more, it's a lot more acceptable now to have a fidget, you know, even for adults to, you know, know they need to, be, they're flipping their pen all the time. They need a fidget instead, probably, of yeah. some kind. Now, those can be distracting too. So everyone's different. Pen told I stole your pen and have been clicking it for the last 30 <laughs> minutes. I just, 
<laughs> I still, yeah. I'm just letting you know that it's like yeah. father, like, go ahead. Right. Yeah. But going back to the first child, second child thing, yeah. um, every, of course, every child is different. Their person here, it's like, how in the world did they yeah. come out totally different with the same genetic mix up? Yeah. But they do. And, the firstborn, secondborn thing usually is that the the secondborn does usually have more opportunities for independence. I'd say yes, <laughs> is a good way to put it. Translation: We ignore them more, <laughs> yes. but yeah. However, that would lead us into talking about sometimes that's a good thing. You know, sometimes it is a good thing in terms of anxiety to be able to fail and solve your problems on your own. Totally. Then the next time that happens, you don't freak out. You know how to handle it, and. Sometimes that is a protective factor for kids or a resilience factor where they actually realize that they've learned how to do it themselves. So they don't panic and all of a sudden seek help all the time. You know, there's some kids that are go frequent flyers, like to the teacher, to the office, because they need help all the time. And um, the skill they're missing there is problem solving on their own first. And how can we support that? And then they'll, um, they need to reach out for help. There are also kids that never reach out for help, which is another problem. So we're teaching that skill. Um, but it, you know, the firstborn and secondborn is different, and Birth sometimes order is fascinating. Mm-hmm, it is, and so sometimes it can be helpful for a secondborn to get some independence in there. Um, and sometimes we have to be cognizant of stepping back from our firstborn. Yeah, because they really can do sometimes more than we think they can. I know. It, again, the, the first pancake. You know, because you pay attention more attention to the first pancake. <laughs> Aw, Lola. Yeah. No, she's. she's a, I, I, I feel like we 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 bring her up more because I think we're in that like hormonal tween teen stage, and like so I I really truly don't know what I'm doing in this stage, so that's why she's it's just more on my mind. But she's doing great. She's doing great. Um. Okay. Before we wrap up, and again, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Um. Is there any place online that we can uh, get some audio of you singing in your acapella group <laughs> in college? I don't know if it's online because it was so long ago. What like did you have a solo in one of the songs? I did. What was the name of the song? Um, Every breath you take. Okay. Oh my police. gosh! So good, Max. It's on an Max album. Max is on it. Everyone say hi to Max. Max has been <laughs> hello everyone. It's been there the whole time. Lorelai's L O R E L E I S. Nope. Nope. L O R E. What did I do? What did L-E-I-S. I say? L E I S. I am not one of those octa champs Wait, from did the I do spelling. It right? No. <laughs> It's L O R E L E I S. What from which from UNC? UNC. Yeah. So uh, um, Emily and I were both uh, in acapella groups in college, and we made the connection yeah. as we were walking in. And so I um, have we ever told the podcast audience that you were in an acapella group in college, the Hullabahoo's at UVA? Oh, I, maybe not the podcast group, but uh, maybe never. No, I was in an I was in an acapella group that was really fun. We all wore robes. They uh, a later iteration of that group was in the movie Pitch Perfect. Yes, they were. If you uh, if you watch it, they're very uh, they wear these obviously loud robes. How, what did that do for your social life? It in, it enhanced it. They like, were I, cool. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't cool in high school for me to be in the Glee Club or the show choir mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, this is cool. Who, who are these me. attractive females coming to watch me sing? No, so that makes no sense. He also was in a like a normal like cover band with instruments as well and so we go back to the uva college reunions and penn is so excited to point out the girls he's made out with he's like i made out with her i made out with her because they had groupies it was Mm -hmm. yeah and i it was different in high school let this be a lesson just pretty busy with my synthesizers yeah so not not a lot of not a lot of options in high school (laughs) why don't you just sing for us now no don't people love it (laughs) 
when we just ask you to sing well, in a quiet what, room what with people you don't so know that well? So strange about it is, I'm here's my professional self. Yeah, and it's just a funny what feeling. What key is every breath you take in? I know. Oh Max, gosh. Do you have a right-handed guitar? Yeah, it's right outside. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Talk about anxiety. Let's this talk is more. way better. She's I'm having a spike of anxiety. We're doing it live. Uh, oh my god. That's okay. All right, here we go. Am I singing with you? Sure. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Woo! She's good. A gold day, every word you say. Every moment you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Oh, can't you see? You belong to me. And how my full heart aches. And every step you take. And every move you make. And every bond you Smile you fake, every claim you stake, I'll be watching you. Thank you for the Wow! Yeah. Good. You still got it. Oh, thanks. That was fun. That was awesome. Why was I doing the high part? Because uh, I'm, I'm an alto. You are an alto. I'm just a whatever. So that was beautiful. Oh my Thanks. gosh, you were so talented. You're <laughs> smart and you can I sing. Know. You could turn that into like a clinically thing. Like I'll be watching you. Maybe we need to do an. Maybe problems. we need to do an anxiety video. Yeah. I know. That's actually, you know, that song makes that's me song. more paranoid. Yeah. I know. Like that's probably not the best song. Every, that's the worst song ever for like, anxiety. Here's not go with this podcast at all. Do, I'm staring behind you at what you're doing. You just, Peering into the window. <laughs> it's a terrible song to sing. For, yeah. oh. Although it did kind of, it was prophetic. It's what you do now. It, yeah. You, hey. Well, that was gorgeous. You're so talented. See, she have a nice voice. She's a beautiful okay. voice. I want a voice like that. Don't have one. Anyway, we thank could make you. Her like your thank stunt you for voice. having me. Thank you for being here. Is there a, a place on the interwebs where people can find you? Yes. So on my website at dremilyking.com, and then there is um, a page within that that's um, to my blog. Okay. At Parenting on your own path, which I started just because every parent I work with is like forging their own path with their kid it's not what they expected oh my and gosh. we um i write a lot about all the different issues that come up and then i have a guest series going on right now where anonymously i'm posting parent stories just because so many parents won't tell their story um hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Because, rightly so, they're worried about their kids' confidentiality online. And so all of those parent guest posts are anonymous. So they're just meant to connect and share stories and help people not feel so alone. It is a weird, weird world out mm-hmm. there for parents. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. All the Facebooks and the Twitters. All the things. All the things. Thank We're you. We're so glad You're that we welcome. got a chance to meet you yes. in person. Thank you. Me too. Okay. Thanks for making me sing. Yes. And just know, <laughs> children, wherever you are, everything you do, she'll be watching. <laughs> 